into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the stream. Today is Friday or Friday, depending on where you are. January 12th, 2024. This is episode number 534 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. And I am your host, the, uh, Dr. Gerald Ozier. And over the next 45 minutes, I am pleased to announce that myself and Johnny Five, Jason Hoskins, Jay and Michelle with the coffee outside the sock, Alpha Sierra Simplest, Jesse Johnson coming hot off family movie night. Marcus Kyler, obviously, and the rest of his, uh, the Yeet crew, <laughs> President President Marcus Kyler, Vice Chancellor Marcus Kyler, James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet, bringing the joke of the day, Sid Patton, Omni Investments, folks over on LinkedIn like Eric Jordan, everybody on YouTube, long timers, first timers, everything in between timers. We're all going to shred the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you drive cyber risk reduction with this intel? And if you're looking to break into the industry, massive value train here. Get up on board uh, as we leave the station. You're going to be asked in any job interview, how do you stay current? This is the answer. You're going to be uh, better served if you network with people. See this chat streaming over here? That's the answer. Knowing the terminology, the concepts, the APTs, you can study a textbook, a, a you know certification exam cram book, and you're just getting these words, but do you connect them and how they interrelate with each other and how they pertain to reality? Well, guess what? That's what we're doing every single morning here today and every day. So get up. Let's go. Super pumped. Before I get into it, though, before we just melt the faces of all the cyber news stories, want to say shout out and love to the stream sponsor. Start with my man, Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses uh, recover from cyber attacks and the damage done by those cyber attacks. Cyber attacks, like ransomware, can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, oh, they're just... They are like that pixie dust that sprinkles over you and you're like, ah, I feel so much better. They know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. They know how to make the business feel better and get recovered back to a known good state. Don't wait. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below all about good times. Also want to say shout out to Panopsi Security. Listen, maybe you haven't gotten popped yet. Maybe you haven't yeeted a threat act throughout your environment. But guess what? All it is is a matter of time. You're playing with fire, my friend. 
Panopsi Security, they can come in and look at your current information security posture, give you best recommendations on what to do to drive cyber risk reduction. I was telling my Citadel cadets just yesterday, listen, we don't have infinite money. We don't have infinite resources. So you can't implement infinite controls. You have to make hard decisions. Do you buy a next-gen firewall or do you buy mobile device management? Which one's going to be like say they're both 200 grand which one is going to drive cyber risk down further which one's going to be adopted by your organization which one is uh targeting threat actors that are targeting you most likely is attack vectors okay all these things panopsi security can help you with that do yourself a favor go to panopsi.com all right, also anti-siphon, but more about these beautiful babies at the mid-roll when we're talking about their active defense and cyber deception and SOC core skills course. Stay tuned for that. Hey, every episode I don't prep or research for, so you're just getting me rough, rugged, and raw shooting. Low on the hip on a train bound for glory. I don't know what the stories are going to be coming up short of like a couple of the headlines, but I literally and purposefully don't think about what those stories mean until we see them together. So this is how it works, all right? Also, every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So if you have a professional certification that needs maintenance with CPEs, you can get them from this podcast, the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. How do you do it? Say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, include the date or the file, the timestamp on the file will be the date if you want. But if you wanna be extra, extra thorough, just you know, include it in the screenshot. File it away, and then once a year when you have to do your CPs, just count the number of files, multiply it by 0.5, put that in there, mic drop, and you're off and running. Good to go. If you are live with us, give us a hashtag Team SC. We are one community, Team Simply Cyber. Thank you all very much, Team SC. And you can still be Team SC if today is your first show, but let me holler at you for a minute. If this is your first episode, my friend, episode 534, don't worry. There's plenty of room for you. You didn't miss the bus. We waited for you. Drop a hashtag first timer in chat. We have a special emote. We have a special sound effect for our first timers because we want you to know how welcome you are in this circle. So get in here, my friend. Let us know if it's your first episode. Hashtag first timer. All right. Now, as much as I love screaming at this mic and doing sound effects and having fun, we do have work to do. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you at the mid-roll. It's cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Friday, January Nathan Perry, welcome to the party, pal. I'm Rich Straffolino. Avanti VPN hit by zero days. The U.S. software company confirmed threat actors began exploiting two zero days in its Avanti Connect secure software, impacting its corporate VPN service. Avanti said this impacted less than 10 customers. However, the cybersecurity company Volexity said one of its clients found China-link threat actors chaining two Connect secure vulnerabilities to execute code as early as December 3rd. Avanti said it will start rolling out patches on the week of January 22nd. Security researcher Kevin Beaumont reports we'll likely see more victims in that case as there's over 15,000 impacted Avanti appliances online. A hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent. All right. If I can, like, do I have the little hundred emote? Um, here. <laughs> because I'm actively, because I'm actively broadcasting, I can't search for those emotes. So just pretend what I wrote is that emote. 
All right, two things here. First and foremost, uh, Kevin Beaumont, a.k.a. Gossy the Dog, he is on Mastodon now. He was on Twitter. He, in my opinion, he is a, a great follow if you want to like delve into the Mastodon ecosystem. He's a really great guy. He's over in um, the UK, I believe. Uh, he comes around with these like funny um, uh, vulnerability logos or whatever, but he's a great, great uh, blue teamer, sock analyst type guy. Uh, definitely a must follow. So uh, as they were saying this, I'd like to say that I also had this thought uh, before I heard that Kevin had it. So I'm glad that I'm like running around. Oh, thanks everybody with the hundred emotes. I appreciate that. Um, so check it out. Avanti, they said, uh, uh, it's. It, I've always heard it pronounced Avanti, by the way, but Avanti is a solution that has many, many dimensions to it, right? I've seen it as a endpoint management solution at businesses. Just a couple weeks ago, Avanti was in the news, not for good reasons, that uh, their MDM or mobile device management, the solutions that help secure phones and tablets had been compromised. And now their VPN solutions compromised. Um, okay, here's the thing. Avanti is reporting that only 10 customers were impacted. Two things. One, that is a number that is provided by Avanti based on Avanti's research. Now, obviously, they would be the ones who are more likely to be able to tell what like what number of uh, customers were impacted because they have all the insights and stuff. However, I would argue that that seems a little sus, right? Like maybe their research. I mean, how many engineers did they put on evaluating all of their VPN customer base to see if they were impacted? So when they say 10, honestly, I think that's a little bit of spin. I think that's a little bit of damage control for Avanti, which by the way, I totally get, I would do it too, right? Like, let's say they told the engineer, how many people are screwed? And they're like, well, we only have an hour. And they're like, go ahead, find how many you can find in an hour. And they come back and they're like 10. They're like, all right, we'll roll with that. But it's like, there's probably more, ma'am. And they're like, Eh, we're going to roll with that because that's actual information we have right now. So anyways, just be mindful of that. Now, Kevin said, and I 100% agree, that expect more to be coming. If there are zero days, which are basically vulnerabilities that there is no patch for, if there are zero days out there and they're actively being exploited in the wild by nation state threat actors, see where it says state back, state back hackers? That means sophisticated, well-funded, and motivated in the sense that they're being given orders, okay? So like, it's their job. They go to work on Friday morning. They're like, woo, January 12th, can't wait to bust out for the three-day weekend. What's up, Martin Luther King Day? And But they're like, hey, you got you to gotta pop these eight boxes before you leave for the day. And they're just like grinding, grinding, grinding. So state back means well-funded, sophisticated, meaning they're, they're quite capable at execution and uh, motivated. If they are state-backed, you can expect far more than 10. So the TLDR here is one, you know, threat actors at the state-sponsored level are going to threat act very, very well. And two, more importantly for everybody in chat, if you are using Avanti VPN, you better fix it. Ah, you gotta patch it. The problem is, there is no patch that I know of. So what I would say is, if it were me, the first thing I would do is go to, um, I guess, I'd go really to Avanti's website. Um, Avanti's website, which is going to have some type of communication. Here's the Avanti website. I don't know what this is going to be. So there's a KB article for the CVE auth bypass, which is disgusting, and command injection, which is also disgusting. Basically, 
again, I'm doing this on the fly. These two bugs uh, together, if you can exploit them, you can just walk through the front door and do whatever you want on the system, which is really bad. I mean, they don't have a CVE score, but I guarantee you it's it's going to be a, a 10. So they have it as CVSS 8, 2, and 9, 1. I would argue that this is Avanti calculating this um, score themselves, and they're being quite conservative. To me, these are maybe a 9, a nine 5, because you have to chain them together. It's not like a one swift stroke, but still, dude, authentication bypass on a, on a VPN, which is essentially always going to be internet facing because that's how a VPN works. It allows people in the field to connect into the mothership through an external access point. So you have VPN concentrators, um, all your base belong to us. All right. Now, the good thing is, again, if you are running Avanti VPN and like if you run any technology and a zero day comes out for that technology, right, we'll, we'll use Avanti as the case study here. But just as a best practice for everybody in chat, if a technology you run has a zero day and they announce it, there will typically, which means there's no patch yet, there will typically be some documented workaround. And you could see Avanti's done that right here. Now, sometimes the workaround sucks, right? Like don't allow VPN connections, which is like a pretty crude um, workaround, but you get my point. And sometimes they're a bit more elegant. Like um, in this instance, uh, let's see what they offer. They offer, uh, okay, oh, oh, of course, I can't read this whole document like on stream right now, but basically it looks like they're offering uh, removing this, remove this XML file, right? So you're kind of diminishing some of the capability, some of the functionality of the solution, but that capability or functionality is what the threat actors are exploiting, right? So that's what you do. Amish runaway proton. Uh, when I do run, when I do run a VPN, I, I don't always run a VPN, but when I do, I use proton. Um, okay. So that's the TLDR for everybody. The immediate thing, if you're running Avanti VPN, do this. The second thing in more general practice is, and by the way, you might get asked this question in a job interview, uh, you folks looking to break into information security. What I just said is a dynamite answer. Hey, like there's some zero day or hey, something gets popped. What do you do? Like, you know, oh, hey, like you, you look if there's a CVE or try to understand what it is. See if there's patches. There's no patches available. It's a zero day candidate. You're like, yeah, no problem. Go to the vendor website. See if they've documented a workaround. Go maybe to um, an ISAC and see if there's any type of IOCs so you can do threat hunting to detect if your company has been compromised for this particular zero day. Boom, mic drop. Where do I sign my offer letter? Akira targeting backups. The Finnish National Cybersecurity Center announced it found evidence of increased ransomware activity by the Akira threat group starting last month, accounting for 85% of reported ransomware incidents in December in that country. The agency said it found evidence Akira specifically targeted NAS devices and tape backups to further cause damage, particularly to smaller organizations. It recommends organizations utilize offline backups. Since All right. Sorry. Uh, I, <laughs> sorry. I was drinking coffee and making fun of, uh, <laughs> I was drinking coffee and making fun of that, uh, uh, VPN in mod chat. So Finland warns of a cure ransomware wiping NASs and backup devices. Okay. Welcome to, you know, 2020 dude, back in the day, gather around kids. Cause if you just got into the party in 2023, you may not know this ransomware, 
That's what they used to do. They used to wipe your backups and then encrypt your uh, production data so you couldn't restore from backups and you had to buy the key. Then they got kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, let's just do data Excel and say to hell with it. So Akira is wiping NASs and tape backups. This is like, I mean, obviously be mindful of that, but this this is not... This is news in the fact that Finland's warning about it. This is not news in the uh, in the uh, way that like this is a new um, novel attack technique or novel. Like this is this is what ransomware threat actors do. Classically, classically trained threat actors. In fact, I, I know that this is ridiculous and probably not true. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and use my uh, um, tinfoil hat, Jerry, just because it's silly. But like my initial thought, right? My my initial thought is um, somebody got arrested in like 2017 for ransomware and they just got out of jail and they're like, oh boy, oh boy, we're going to go wipe those backups and get some encryption going, baby. And like uh, Lockbit's like, bro. And then they use like the skull emoji. You know how like the younger people use the skull emoji for the LOL instead of like the smiley face with the tears? Like like Lockbit's like skull emoji, right? So anyways, I'm sure that's not what not what is happening. But if you are running tapes for backup because you're on like a, um, a decommissioned nuclear sub or something, and if you are running not NASs because you can run NASs, there's nothing wrong with NASs, but um, just know threat actors are not just looking for your shadow copies anymore. They're, they're looking for all your backups. So uh, just from a best practice perspective, um, I would encourage you, um, and by the way, there's a lot of reasons why threat actors now just do data Excel and don't even bother with encryption because the backup solutions have gotten up to speed with dealing with ransomware, but make sure that you have at least some backup that's either immutable, meaning they can't be deleted or offline, like cold storage. Like even if it's like, well, okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. What you're supposed to do, uh, you know, if it like if you're uh, getting your CISSP, what you're supposed to do, and it really is a best practice, but nobody does it, is you're supposed to do um, like a business impact analysis to discover RTO and RPO. Welcome to the acronym game. Get this one right on the CISP. So recovery time objective and recovery point objective. In reality. No, no one does this, okay? Because the business can't tell you. They, they don't want to take the time to figure out. But you need to know how far back you need, like how far back is too far back. So say you take, um, like I'll just make a quick example, okay? Like say you're a bank, right? And you, you're doing transactions all the time. Well, if you have a month old backup that you can, that's offline and you get hit with ransomware and you can restore from your cold storage backup because your, your Akira hit you, your threat actor hit you, and they wiped your backups that were network connected. Well, if you pull out your cold, you know, you open the freezer, you pull out your cold storage data backup and you're like, dude, we can snap our fingers and restore from this backup instantly you know, the ransomware threat actor didn't win this day. The problem is that data is not new enough. It, it doesn't work for the business because all of the financial transactions, all of the ATM visits I made between now and last month won't be recorded. So a, a financial institution is a perfect example of why RTO is so critical. Like you need like, like up to the second kind of RTOs for financial services, high availability type stuff. 
you know, but if you're something like, um, I don't know, like a manufacturing company and you're just creating widgets or whatever, like maybe, maybe, maybe you get hit and then you go a month back. Yeah. You lose some data. There's obviously some type of impact to your operation, but really if you go back a month and you just work a couple weekends with everybody on board and kind of get back up to snuff uh, on that lost engineering data or financial forecasting or whatever, um, you can be back up and running. So different businesses have different kind of RTOs. And obviously the higher the RTO, the more money it's going to cost to buy solutions that can keep up with that speed and the more impact to your business operations. Because if you're doing like dailies, right, that's a lot of data and network bandwidth to push it and then take it offline. Typically you'd want to fork the backup. So you have the offline one and then the hot one that you can restore from. Cause in reality, you're not hoping to get hit with ransomware. All right. So anyways, that's two things. That's one for what you got to be mindful of. And then two, how you should be dealing with it from a defensive perspective. School data accidentally exposed online. Security researcher Jeremiah Fowler discovered a cache of 800 gigabytes exposed online, detailing thousands of emergency <coughs> planning documents from U.S. schools. These files and logs came from the school software provider Raptor Technologies, which claims over 5,300 U.S. school districts use its software. The exposed documents include evacuation plans for active shooter situations, medical records, court documents involving students, as well as personal information on staff and students. Fowler contacted Raptor, which quickly secured the buckets. A Raptor spokesperson said it found no indication anyone other than Fowler accessed the exposed data. New oh, boy. All right. Um, so this isn't good, obviously. Um, this is exposed data. Again, there isn't a lot of detail in here around whether it was like a leaky S3 bucket, whether it was an on-prem SQL server that they misconfigured. Um, again, so I, I don't, I can't, I can't dig in or um, judge kind of the technical elements of this and, and offer um, guidance on that. But you know, basic, basic best practices, dudes. If you're going to have databases, they need to be, or or even NASs, right? Not not Illmatic NAS, Joe Hudson, calm down. But um, network attached storage devices, which are basically like, you know, can be databases or file servers. You just got to make sure that they're not exposed to the internet. Educate your end users. Very likely, I would say like 90% of the time, it is a misconfiguration by a well-intentioned uh, engineer. Databases aren't typically, um, databases and NASs and stuff, they're not like, it's very uncommon for someone to be like, like twisting their mustache and be like, ha, 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 I'm going to watch the world burn and just like configure it for public facing. It's, it's not that way. It's usually someone who's not paying attention, someone who doesn't know the technology very well because they used to work in like, again, this isn't 100% one one, but like they used to work in a, in a Ruba shop and now they work in a Cisco shop. Uh, which is like two different technologies that do similar things. And they just don't understand the interface and they think they did the right thing, but they didn't. Uh, so these things happen. Um, unfortunately, this is a pretty serious thing, right? School shooting in the United States is a disgusting, unfortunate reality that we have to deal with. I mean, I, I can tell you just from personal experience, like they've, they've announced, um, like you get a text message on your phone that your kid's school is in lockdown. And like, as a parent, you're a hot mess on fire your kids come home and they're like mentally distraught and it, the whole thing sucks that we have to deal with this right now. 
Uh, so the escape plans, the emergency plans, first of all, I'm wicked happy that there's this level of focus and effort going into it instead of just like, let's arm teachers. Like, I'm glad that there's planning going on and thoughts and coordination with local law enforcement. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, this is a thin, thin, uh, cybersecurity related story. Um, Again, when I think GRC, because that's my big my big bag is GRC. You know, I, I I haven't done the research on the psychology of the shooters, but I don't know how many shooters are like going to be going through this treasure trove of data and being like, all right, now I'm really putting together my plan. I feel like usually they just like show up and go insane. So I don't know if the like how much the impact truly is, uh, or excuse me, the likelihood of exploitation of this data. Uh, getting out, but impact is obviously serious. Okay. Details and developments with high profile X account hacks. The security firm Mandiant published details on its investigation into its recent X account takeover. It said all indications show that it was a brute force attack carried out by a drainer as a service group. Mandiant noted it failed to use 2FA on the oh! account, which would have prevented the incident. You idiots. In related news, the House Financial Services Committee sent a letter to SEC Chairman Gary Gensler calling on the commission to brief it on its ex-account hack by January 17th. Like Mandiant, the SEC also didn't enable 2FA. The committee referred to the SEC's new cyber disclosure rules, saying it expects it to hold itself to the same requirements. Okay, so two things. One, Amish runaway. I love everything about cybersecurity, every single thing, AppSec, APIs, GRC, business continuity, business impact assessments, backups, auditing, compliance, governance, frameworks, controls, technical engineering, architecture, cloud, tape backups, old Solaris OSs, everything. So yeah, if you're not into GRC, you're more than welcome here. But let's talk about something that just annoys me. And I don't typically throw shade. You know, if you guys know me for a minute, like I'm a super inclusive, supportive guy. I usually try to give the uh, benefit of the doubt. But Mandian, 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 you are a pillar in the information security committee community. People look to you. You're the one who gets called when the Fortune 50 companies get hit. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. And you're killing me, bro. You don't have MFA on your Twitter account. A brute force hack got it, which means the password wasn't that great anyways. Now, granted, brute force attacks can use massive, massive dictionaries, okay? But in the world of password vaults, you can have a 30-character, totally janky, you know, generated password and save it off. It's just not okay. It's not okay, man. It's just not okay. So literally, Mandian's account, Mandian's account, who Man Mandian probably does incident response every single day and sees the initial uh, compromise had to do with lack of MFA. The people at Mandian who work there right now must be like, like, like the practitioners, right? Because a cybersecurity practitioner isn't the one working the Twitter account, right? The practitioners are the ones responding to incidents. So like they didn't do that. They didn't configure it. They probably told people to implement MFA. So it sucks. It sucks today to be like a hardworking cybersecurity professional at Mandiant 
and then, you know, get ribbed at the coffee uh, cooler at the client site because of this X uh, MFA thing. I'm sure there's jokes going on, but anyways, just let's, let's, you know, I hope they learn from this opportunity. Um, it's just such a bad look. Um, again, being real, this is not going to affect Mandian's bottom line. Mandian is going to continue to print money. Uh, Google bought him for like $5 billion. Google is like the number one and number two website on the internet. Google's a Fortune 5 company. This is literally nothing to them, but it's just a it's just a bad look. It's just a bad look. So anyways, make sure I would even encourage you as just a um just as a um best practice today, I would encourage you like if you work at a business, email, you know, the the PR people or whoever runs the social media, just email them and just say, "Hey, I wanted to confirm that we have multi-factor authentication configured to log into the Twitter account." Please. And there's like this story, Hyundai story, um, like two years ago, like there was like the big Bill Gates, Elon Musk one. Like there's multiple Twitter hacked stories. Just do that and be off and running. All right. James McQuiggan from 35,000 feet says there have been several orgs hit on their Twitter account. Is this an MFA thing, a Twitter X issue or a third party issue? I'm thinking SolarWinds fire. I was breached because of the SolarWinds breach. First of all, did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat, James McQuiggan. And I 100% agree with you. And yesterday when we talked about this, I, I actually pointed out that so many uh, um, accounts were getting hacked that it, it it indicated to me that there was a technical vulnerability being exploited or an insider threat at Twitter. But now, I mean, this comes out. Mandy, it would have been better served to kind of like throw Twitter or throw Elon a million bucks and be like, can you just claim this was a vulnerability? Like they're saying it was an MFA and it was a brute force attack. You could see in the logs, I'm sure there's logs of like login, 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 login success. So yeah, I, honestly, uh, James, I'm glad it's not a solar winds type uh, event. Cause uh, if you don't know, solar winds was really, really, uh, in my opinion, the most sophisticated, elegant, cyber attack in history. Stuxnet is a close second. But um, yeah, anyways, it, again, I, I, I do apologize. I do not try to be negative. It's just, if it was a different organization, I would be less critical. But Mandian, Mandian's like, they're like on high, right? Like they're, they're like the, the, the pristine ivory tower cyber incident response company um, that everybody knows. So, you know, you got to lead by example. And now a word from our sponsor, Vanta. From does and, and by the way, I get it. Sometimes it sucks, right? Like I myself have like wanted to do something quickly and then immediately got hit by security controls I put in place. And you just have to say, you know what? This is what it is. This is eating the dog food. I, I got to do it, right? It's just of spreadsheets and screenshots to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance and security programs is increasingly challenging. Vanta is the leading trust management platform that helps you centralize your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. 
Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To see Vanta's platform firsthand and access resources, plus a special offer, go to vanta.com slash CISO and watch their three-minute product demo. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash CISO. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the mid-roll. If you're getting value from the stream, whether it's educational, entertainment, or just good networking, do me a favor, hit the like button, not for my vanity, not for the metrics. It's literally to trigger the YouTube algorithm. It's like a hack. If we all hit the like button at the same time, you, we trigger the YouTube algorithm and it goes, finds more people who are searching for cyber content on YouTube and directs them to us. And then we get to say, welcome, first timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Be good, Amish Runaway. We'll see you Monday. Thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi. Much love. And guys, let me tell you about anti-siphon training. Anti-siphon training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by offering cutting-edge education to everyone, regardless of financial position. If you want to learn from some of the industry's best practitioners in live, like instructor-led live uh, coursework, right, with real labs, hands-on keyboard skill, great networking. There's like 3,000 students in the class at the same time. It's a really, really uh, great operation. And the best part, you can pay whatever you want to take these classes, including zero dollars. And I want to call your attention to this one right here, Active Defense and Cyber Deception, and the next one, SOC Core Skills with John Strand. At the end of January, the last week in January this month, so just a few weeks away, Active Defense and Cyber Deception course is going to be run by John. I've taken that course. I have a review on the channel. It is fantastic. John Hammond, if you know John Hammond, he just did a produced video on his YouTube channel on setting up a honeypot Outlook um login portal and looking at all the information in that and you learn these things in this class now the first week of february you can do the SOC core skills class also with john strand and get if you're looking for like foundational fundamental um it skills and a little bit of defense for the sock dude giddy up get in there there's nothing stopping you from getting that education other than you making the commitment and taking the time out of your day for it Thank you so much, Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is going strong. Alexia Grimes posted her Simply Cyber Community Challenge story yesterday on LinkedIn. Here's the deal. If you want to blow up your own professional network on LinkedIn, do the following for five minutes. It takes five minutes. It's super easy and super valuable. Go on LinkedIn and search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. No big deal. Then find the people who are posting with that hashtag. Those are the baton holders. Go and connect with the baton holders and comment on their posts. Here's where it gets magical. Connect with the people in the comments. Now, you've just connected with the people in the comments and commented. So you're a person in the comments too. So the next person that comes through is going to connect with the people in the comments, which includes you. So for five minutes of active work a day, five minutes of active work a day you get 23 hours and 55 minutes of passive work a day where other people of the community are connecting with you 
Give it two weeks time. Ask anyone who's done it. I promise you, you will get a valuable growth of supportive, inclusive members in your professional network. It's worth it. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. All right. It is Friday, which is uh, Grayson's Joke of the Week presented by James McQuiggan. I wanted to let you guys know. James McQuiggan wants you to know how many seconds are in a year. James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. If you could do the quick math or ask an AI how many seconds are in a year, you would know the answer is obviously 12. January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you, James McQuiggan. And uh, James wants you to know what you call it when a snowman throws a temper tantrum. Guys, if you've ever seen a snowman throw a temper tantrum, you know damn, dang right well that it is called a meltdown. All right. Thank you, James McQuiggan, for the jokes of the week. All right. Finishing the week strong. Love it, love it, love it. Let's keep going. Get the stories done. Google Cloud upends egress fees for as long as people have moved. All right. So Lego uh, guy says, if I want to volunteer for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, is there something specific? No. If you get the baton, share your story. What motivates you? Where'd you come from? Where do you want to go? Like whatever it is, like basically the baton, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an opportunity for you to introduce yourself to the community, right? Maybe you're like, I'm really into GRC or I've done this work on this lab and I think it's cool or I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm super pumped to be here. Whatever it is you want, giddy up on it. James McQuiggan from 35,000 feet with a super chat. We just become best friends. Yep. Shameless plug. I'll be on the Jericho show again today at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, same thing I did last week. Check it out on LinkedIn. Not competing with you, Jerry. Just supporting him. Find me on LinkedIn. That's awesome. Uh, James, if you want to uh, DM uh, or James, put a link. Do me a favor, James. Put a link in general chat on the Simply Cyber Discord server and mods. If you could just grab that, please, and drop it in mod chat. We, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the link and show it, James, so people can know. Also, remember, everybody, don't run too fast because we have a premiere on the channel right after Jawjacking this morning. I, I did. A, I dropped a two for video. Uh, this week. So, all right, let's get back to work. To the cloud, they've been complaining how hard it is to leave it. AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud all maintained hefty fees that made cloud migrations difficult, if not fiscally impossible. Now, Google Cloud plans to upend this model, announcing it's eliminating fees for leaving to another service. Google VP Amit <coughs> Zavary said switching fees account for only about 2% of a total migration cost. Still, it made the move ahead of antitrust investigations in both the U.S. and U.K. around cloud provider business practices. Awesome, Philip Martin. I haven't had a chance. I've been so, so busy with the Cyber 101 stuff. I haven't even had a chance to look into the Patriot stuff. We could talk about it at jaw jacking. All right, guys. So here is a reality. If you did not know, one of this is a concept that you really should know, okay? It's called vendor lock-in. Vendor lock-in. And basically, vendor lock-in, if you've ever wondered why like vendors are like, oh, hey, here's a bunch of free stuff or free for 90 days or whatever. Vendor lock-in is the act of making it more expensive to leave 
than it is just to stay and endure. So say you're using some product and it's okay, but it kind of sucks. It's a little frustrating or whatever. And you're like, well, let's, let's use a different product. And they're like, okay, no problem. This other product costs the same per month and is like five times better. And you're like, all right, let's do it. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've got lots of entanglements, lots of automation, lots of deployments. It's going to take six months and $200,000 to migrate. Oh my God, how much is the service cost? The service is $75,000 a year. So you're telling me we're going to pay like basically three years worth of this service just to migrate? Ah, damn it. We'll just deal with it. That is vendor lock-in. And part of vendor lock-in is that these large cloud platforms, basically AWS, Azure, and Google Compute, also charge a like, um, basically like an early termination fee, right? If you've ever had a gym membership and you're like, I haven't used this for months, I had the good intentions, but whatever. I'm going to cancel. And they're like, yeah, no problem. We'd love to help you cancel. There's a $75 fee for canceling early. And you're like, oh, that's vendor lock-in. Now, Google said it was only making 2% of its uh, cost or only 2% of the cost of a migration was in these fees. So they're just like eating it. Big deal. Oh, here's a 2% off coupon. When was the last time you like closed down your computer and like knocked a child over to run to your car to use that 2% off coupon? Nobody, come on, man. Like 10% minimum, you're gonna like spend like five seconds Googling before you check out on an online store to see if you can get a 10% off coupon. No one's getting out of bed for a 2% coupon. So Google's like, whatever, F it. Now, as far as pressuring Amazon and Microsoft, I'm sure, I'm sure as Microsoft is sitting on this giant stack of cash, like from the movie, um, what is it? Batman, Dark Knight, the one with Joker, where he's like on that huge pile of cash, like Microsoft's on that huge pile of cash, really getting sweaty about what Google's doing here. Like, come on guys. The three of these companies are all Fortune 5 companies. They have more money than some countries, right? So I don't know how much pressure you're putting on them. I don't know how sweaty they are. Dude, vendor lock-in is real. Think about think about your business on Microsoft O3 or M365. Just for a minute. Think about all the entanglements. Think about your email up there, your MDM, your Defender endpoints, your Sentinel SIM. And, and that, by the way, that's just the security stack. We haven't even talked about the IT stack with automations and cloud spin-ups and you know, software-based firewalls and all this other stuff. So moving an entire business's IT and InfoSec infrastructure to save 2%, no CIO, no CIO is ever going to green light that. No CFO or CEO is ever going to say, hey, CIO. Can you look into this Google Compute? I see they're offering a 2% off discount. We should totally get in on that. Or I want you to justify to me why we're spending that extra 2%. That conversation's not happening. So much love. Totally appreciate it, Google. Good looking for the little guy, but this is not, this is not, the winds are not changing. <laughs> Kenya issues new personal data guidance. While it doesn't get as much attention as something like GDPR, Kenya passed its Data Protection Act back in 2019. It previously issued guidance on how the law applies to consent to share personal data, elections, data controllers, and how organizations can perform data protection impact assessments. With enforcement on the law picking up, 
Kenya's Office of the Data Protection Commissioner issued new guidance on how the law applies to education, communications, credit, and processing health data. This comes after the ODPC fined a school over $30,000 worth of Kenyan shillings for publishing pictures of children without parental consent. Ugh. Canadian. All right, hold on. I'm, I'm multitasking. All right. Dude, you know what? Hey, like two things. One, I see Chris uh, Chris Shirk in chat passing his CISSP. Nice job, Chris. Get that RTO, RPO question, right? Am I right? Uh, also, um, shout out to Africa. Dude, I'm loving all these. First of all, Simply Cyber Community, Team SC. We've got a pretty strong African contingency uh, pointing it out. But like, dude, I'm loving all this stuff coming out. We've got um, Nigeria investing hard into their InfoSec. We've got tons of uh, like, um, what do we got? Like South Africa, Ethiopian, Malawi the other day. Um, we saw Morocco, Liberia is representing, Ethiopia's in the hizzy. So like, dude, I love all this, this push in the African space. Now Kenya's on the move and they're pushing up some privacy. Love it. Hey, get on board. GDPR's around the corner. California and Maine state privacy laws like what you're doing. Kenya's getting up on it. And you know what I like? I like that they're either doing it to target or for PR purposes, pointing out uh, protecting children's data. Anytime you talk about kids, uh, obviously people's ears perk up. They get more serious. I, I assume that this law is going to protect more than just children's data. But um, uh, guys, I got to tell you, in in a place when there's no where, where there's no policy or no law protecting certain things, then it's whether it's morally right or morally wrong, it's not illegal. So it's free game to leverage harvesting that data for whatever. You can see here, um, uh, this law is already in, in uh, effect and they're already doing things where they find a restaurant $12,000 for posting photos of customers on social media. That's kind of rough. I mean, I guess, I mean, how do you get like a, um, I mean, do you just get like a verbal consent? I mean, tons of places do that. You, you eat the pig, right? Napoleon, Napoleon and uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, right? Eat the pig, eat the pig, ziggy, ziggy, ziggy pig, right? You eat that disgusting, um, like 30 scoop Sunday. This is a wicked deep cut. So if you're too young to know what Bill and Ted's excellent adventure is, go back and watch it. Uh, it was excellent. Um, you know, they snap the photo when you do a food challenge and throw it up on the wall, social media. So hopefully they, you know, there's verbal consent for that, but 12,000 bucks, that's not nothing for a restaurant. Um, and then another person, a school, 30,000 for pub and pictures of children. You know, I get it, but dude, like, just think about it. Like, haven't you seen like, oh, it's, it's school field day and a teacher posts like pictures from the field day. And it's like at, you know, Merrill school or at center school field day, like kids are loving it. Like it happens. So I can honestly see these seem like innocent mistakes. They seem like innocent mistakes, but if you're willing to drop the hammer on people, like the way that GDPR does it, I will tell you what finger wagging and verbal warnings are not really effective at changing behavior. A $30,000 slap to a school Dude, schools are already struggling with money. They're doing bake sales. They don't pay their teachers very well. You got it as a parent. Again, I don't know if Kenya's the same as the US, but in the US, like you got to send your kid to school with like Kleenex, glue, pencils, Clorox wipes. Like you're basically stalking the school as a parent. So they're obviously 
um, you know, got pretty strong budget constraints. So you're going to hit him with a $30,000 fine for posting pictures. I get it. I get it. But I'm telling you, that is an effective way to, um, to curb behavior. Let's do this really quickly. Just cause mod chat's getting it done. I love it. There's our bill and Ted excellent adventure. When I think about applying MFA in all settings, I think excellent. All right. Very cool. In critical infrastructure, we'll have to make the grade. The company's security scorecard generates letter grades for organizations to reflect their state of cyber resilience using publicly available information. The Canadian Center for Cybersecurity partnered with the organization to provide an outside-in view on cyber preparedness to identify critical infrastructure providers most at risk of experiencing a cyber incident. The CCCS hopes these grades will help identify systemic issues across critical infrastructure providers, as well as provide an easier way to give tailored guidance. All right. All right, so two things here. One, I hate to be such a cynical prick. I really do. I really do. The very first thing I thought of when I saw this. Great cash, homie. Security Scorecard, a for-profit company, has secured a... This is, this is what the uh, story's title should be. Security Scorecard company scores massive deal with Canadian government. <laughs> That's it. Like, is Security Scorecard a, uh, a publicly traded company? I know they've been around for a minute, but uh, I don't know if they're publicly traded or not. I don't think they are. I don't think they are, but dude, with a contract like this, this is fat money, dude. Latest deal, $180 million. Not bad. Yeah, it is private. They're a series E. I'm not going to get into the whole like, you know, entrepreneurship tech startup. Series E is definitely late in the game though. You don't typically see series E, like basically they should either IPO or uh, get acquired. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into all the details of why you do tech startups and stuff. But what I what I will point is you don't you you don't see Series E often. You certainly don't see Series F. So they're about to pop. So if I had to guess, um, Security Scorecard after nailing this Canadian deal would actually uh, become a very juicy target for acquisition. All right. Um, basically, they're gonna. Um, the country is going to start using shaming. Hold on. That's not shaming. Uh, the country of Canada is going to start using a grading system to shame uh, groups and agencies that are actually not got good security. So if you work at the department of like Mounties, again, I'm being playful here. I don't know what the agencies are in Canada. And you get an F, then you're basically going to be like named and shamed for having crappy security, right? That's what it is. Everybody... Everybody goes through uh, grade school. Everybody knows what an A is. Everybody knows what an F is. And, you know, that's basically what security scorecard is doing. It says the grades won't be used to shame companies, but rather as a tool to help them improve. <laughs> okay. That seems like a matter of perspective, right? Th that, that sentence alone is silly. The grades won't be used to shame companies how else could it be used? Like you're literally, the reason it's a tool to help them improve is because you're saying their security sucks and you're letting everybody else know their security sucks. So nobody wants to be the guy holding the F, right? Nobody wants to be the one 
in the corner at the school dance, right? Holding the F. Royal Mounted Police Agency. Thank you. Anyways, I know the story is that Canada is stepping up their game about, you know, universally assessing the overall uh, security posture of its different agencies. Way to go, Canada. I, I'm serious. I'm not being facetious here. I'm not being silly. Like, this is a good idea for Canada. I think um, you should be evaluating your overall uh, federal government cybersecurity and providing visibility to the citizens, right? At the end of the day, the federal government really should be serving the citizens and transparency is a huge um, a huge utility, both for confidence in government and also holding the government accountable, right? Like in the United States, there's been multiple edicts out like, oh, you got to have zero trust architecture in 90 days. You got to have MFA in 180 days. Like, where are we with that? I don't have visibility. I don't know whether or not the Department of Commerce is got a zero trust architecture in alignment with the executive memo from two years ago. So transparency is nice, but really, uh, like I said, I think the headlines being buried here. Security scorecard is a fat acquisition client. That's what I see. GitHub abuse on the rise. A new report from Recorded Future documented how threat actors use GitHub as part of a living off trusted site strategy. This can allow them to blend in with otherwise legitimate traffic to get around network defenses. Threat actors generally don't run full-fledged C2 servers on GitHub, but do commonly use it as a dead drop resolver, essentially using a repository to point to a C2 URL. Threat actors also use the service for payload delivery, but rarely as a data exfiltration target due to things like file size restrictions. GitHub isn't the only legitimate service hosting threat actor activity. On this show, we've recently covered attacks using Dropbox, Google Drive, and Discord as infrastructure. All right. We all know vendors need... All right, so this isn't really new. It's it's worth noting though. So like GitHub is being used for malicious purposes, like welcome to 2019, 2018. Um, here's the deal, just like Dropbox and Google Drive and um, OneDrive, these URLs, this data traffic, like you're not gonna block it. It doesn't look weird to see it in your logs. Like I can tell you for a fact, like I've seen, and, and many of you also probably have, but like I've seen in logs before traffic going from an endpoint to like random IP addresses. And you're like, what is this? This is interesting. Let's do some research. And you pull up the IP addresses and they just resolve to Azure address space. And you're like, oh my, all right. Like we are in M365 shop. This makes sense. But threat actors know that. So if a threat actor is using M365 or GitHub for malicious um, purposes, it's not going to flag. It's not like some random, like rando dash what's up dash foobar.com domain name where like everybody is like, oh my God, that's obviously malicious. Like that's obviously a hot mess. By hiding in the noise and basically wearing, you know, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing basically. Um, you you can hide. So they're using GitHub for this way. GitHub is a massive website. Tons of people use it. You see traffic to it all the time. It does not alert what's going on, especially if you see it coming from like an R&D person's workstation. Um, I mean, really, it wouldn't be weird to come from an IT person, an InfoSec person. It, it's, an, it's not weird. I mean, GitHub even hosts things that are not code, right? Like there's like awesome lists and 
um, readme files for different stuff. So like GitHub is used quite a bit. Now, it is interesting to point out that they're not hosting C2 infrastructure necessarily on GitHub, but using it as basically, they said, they called it a dead drop uh, resolver, but the way that it sounded, it's more like a, a proxy relay, right? So it goes to the GitHub and then it finds out where it's supposed to go. And then it goes on to the next place. And at that point, you might be able to catch it for malicious, uh, malicious traffic because it still has to go somewhere else to a uh, C2 controlled malicious infrastructure. So you could detect it that way, but threat actors are using it this way. They did say that um, because of file size constraints, they couldn't just use it as the straight up C2 infrastructure. Next time we have Mike Saunders on, maybe we should ask him about the realities and practicality of using GitHub as legitimate C2 infrastructure. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out last night's SC Live. It's on the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. We had Mike Saunders from Red Sea John for an hour. And the dude is a 25-year senior penetration testing, red team executing monster. And he dropped so many knowledge bombs that it was like, it was like a, it looked like a, you know, the surface of the moon in here. There were so many craters from the knowledge bombs he dropped. All right. Anyways. TLDR, look out if you see GitHub traffic, maybe, you know, uh, pique your interest a little bit and see if there's, a, you know, traffic right afterwards uh, going to some malicious infrastructure. All right, everybody. If you were here just for the news, I'd like to thank all of you so very much. I hope you have a great day. I know some of you like to just get the news and get out of here. If you're interested, I want everybody to know at 9.30 a.m., there is a premiere on the Simply Cyber YouTube channel. It's a brand new video. No one's ever seen it. I literally walk through step by step in a fun way, building what I consider the easiest sim lab I've ever seen, which is why I made the video. It's dynamite. It's absolutely nails. In like 15 minutes, you can go from nothing to pushing telemetry directly into what is an enterprise grade sim and start doing dashboards, visualizations, alerting, all the good stuff. Um, giddy up on that. We're going to have a great time with the premiere. So if you're available, come back at 930. Or if you want to hang out and be part of the jaw jack and seeing the hashtag simply cyber breakfast club, giddy up on that. I'm Jerry from simply whoop Rex coming in hot. My dad sent me to get ethanol free fuel for a snowblower. He says it needs straight gas, homie. Oh, I love it, Rex. Thanks for the super chat. We just become best friends. Yep. And thanks for the joke. James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. You've got competition, my my friend from Rex. Woo! All right, guys. If you want to uh, hang out and do some uh, Simply Cyber Breakfast Club, would love to have you. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. Thanks so much. And until Monday, stay secure. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the party, pal. I am your host, Jerry Guy, hosting some uh, some jawjacking, guys. We had a great show. Hopefully, you enjoyed the Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Uh, I certainly did. A lot of good stories. A lot of a lot of shade being thrown around. A lot of shame, but uh, you know, we all we all took away some good stuff. Vendor lock in, MFA for everybody, and a little harken back to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. All about good times. Party on, dudes.
George Carlin with the uh, with the appearance in Bill and Ted's. Don't forget about George Carlin. Pour a little bit out for George. How's everybody doing? We made it to Friday. Super pumped about that. I caught a little bit of Slay Security Plus last night. Jesse Johnson's killing it. If you're looking for an opportunity to study for your Security Plus uh, with other people looking to study, that's in an awesome way. Uh, check out Security Plus. Super proud. Uh, I'm working with Jesse right now. Simply Cyber is going to officially sponsor Slay Security Plus. We're going to get Jesse set up with a better uh, streaming rig, get his hardware situation sorted out so he can do more stuff and deliver more value to everybody. Oh, the links for James McQuiggan. Let me drop that right now really quickly, guys. James McQuiggan mentioned during um, his super chat that he is going to be on the Jericho show at 10 a.m. Let me drop that. Here we go. You can see right here, this is hilarious. Uh, kind of sexy beast on the couch. I had a chance to meet this individual. Um, let me see this really quickly. Yeah, Eric. So check it out. Um, this guy, Eric, right here, the host, I uh, had an opportunity to hang out with him in Las Vegas during Black Hat DEF CON last year. Really nice guy. I met his daughter, spent some time hanging out with the two of them. James was there. Uh, so if you're looking for a good conversation with good people, Come check this out at 10 a.m. Eastern after the Simply Cyber um, Sim video here. All right. Let's get back to it. Where are we at? Where are we at, everybody? How's everybody doing? Simply Cyber. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, James McQuiggan from 35,000 feet with a super chat. Also a beautiful looking blue badge. Next week, I'm not at 35,000 feet. Can we just become best friends? Yep. James O'Quiggan at sea level will be cruising on the Caribbean Sea. Ooh, I will miss you all and see you on the 22nd. Thanks for sharing the links. Of course, James. And go get go get those R&R uh, &R with Mrs. McQuiggan at sea level. Love it, love it, love it. The Caribbean Sea is so hot right now. That Hansel's so hot right <laughs> now. All right. What else we got, everybody? Uh, uh, Citadel started yesterday, got a great group of cadets. I already have one cadet who's an Intel major who's talking about switching majors. I'm not, I'm not pumping my own tires. I'm just saying I came in with the fury, and within 60 minutes, I think I got someone to change their major to cybersecurity, so let's go on that. Uh, IDK says, I got in late. What was the surprise from yesterday that you will talk about today? Oh, damn it. All right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to tell you, okay? So here's the deal. IDK, thank you for reminding me. Here is the deal. This is the XM Cyber Cybersecurity Exposure Management course, okay? Many of you have said, hey, I don't have a business email. What's the deal? Why can't I get in on this? And I talked to XM Cyber. I said, hey, listen, like, why are you gating this thing? Like, make it. And they're like, well, we have to pay for the Credly badges. And I said, okay, like, can we come up with an alternative? And they said, yeah, you know what? We can we can fork it and, and not offer Credly badges. I said, let's do that. They looked into it. They did what they could. And they finally said, you know what? We're just going to open it all the way up. Credly badges for everyone. You get a Credly badge. You get a Credly badge. You get a Credly badge. And I said, awesome. Now, here's the thing. They want me to use a um, a link 
they want me to use a link that they can track to see how many people from the Simply Cyber community I'm sending. And I don't like I don't have that link, so I was gonna create one so I could give them metrics. But like, honestly, this was a one-time transaction deal. I I made the course from gave it to them. I, I I should create the link and give them the metrics to show them, you know, like what I you know what I'm doing for them. But I created the course, so just get in there and do it. I'll tell them I sent no people. It doesn't matter. I I don't care. Like it is what it is. So get in there. Yeah, just get in there. Get in there. And if they ask, tell them simply cyber sent you. All right. I'll just report that I had zero. <laughs> I sent zero people somehow. So anyways, take advantage of this course, please. I think that this is a phenomenal course. Every single person I have seen take this course has said something positive. I have seen zero people say negative about this course, which I'm really proud of guys. I take a lot of pride in the quality of my work and I don't want to be labeled as some bogus cash grab, you know, thin tin, you know, look sideways and it turns invisible bull crap. Um, so I, I, I think this course is excellent and, um, giddy up on it and just tell them I sent you and, and mods, if you can remind me to create a link, uh, um, I'll create a link and then we'll start sharing that. But I just forgot. Thanks, IDK. I could do volunteer tracking on Discord. That could be good. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is such a lazy way to do it, but maybe I'll post on LinkedIn a link to the course and just say, hey, if you took this course and, and you took it because I, I, I shared it with you on social or whatever. Can you just comment below and then I'll tag XM cyber and they can just watch the, the, they can just watch it rain in chat. That might be the easiest way because I can't, it's too late. The horse has left the barn. I've been talking about this thing for like a month. All right. Let's see. Jazzy jazz says is haiku good for beginners. Absolutely. Jazzy jazz. Uh, haiku actually walks you right through everything from, from not knowing anything uh, or assuming you don't have any background right through the terminal shell and get up and go on it do you think the sec x hack could be considered market manipulation they claim they were hacked and then announced the same news the very next day i don't know if that's market manipulation bryce it is interesting it could have been a lie right they could like some some intern or junior person Somebody who, who like manages Gary Gensler's Twitter account got the date wrong and released it today. And they're like, why'd you release it today? We told you we're going to do it tomorrow. And they're like, oh, we have to claim that it was hacked. That could be the deal. CJ, the big announcement is that you don't need a business email to log into the XM Cyber uh, Continuous Threat Exposure Management course now. Uh, thanks, Pamela. Joshua, you're very kind. Uh, Discord threat from XM Cyber Group. See how many people join upgrading jeff that's a cool idea do you guys wanna do you want a student section for the xm cyber course i'm happy to create it <laughs> yeah it definitely manipulated the numbers no no doubt all right louisa b come back at 9 30 professor black ops is in the house cody garrett you are welcome that's why i get up 
every morning. Well, I get up every morning at six to get going for the family and stuff. But uh, yeah, no. F- episode 534, the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing today. Variable X, what do you want to link to? I may not be as nice as everyone here. I still don't think he should have to mess with tracking it. Not his job. Yeah, thank you, Kathy. Maybe that's part of the problem of being a one a one person shop. I do have some help though. I will say I, I don't want to mislead that uh like I'm the only employee here, but I do want to quickly point out that Kimberly can fix it is massive in helping uh Simply Cyber uh from a marketing and just a thought leadership and, and just an excellence perspective. All the mods, Jenny, Jesse, uh BSEC, Eric Taylor, Aaron, um, Joel. Uh, base case, Stefan, um, Waldvogel, uh, Joshua Mason, Mod Love, so strong. Um, Kathy Chambers, I know she's being very, um, she's being very kind in chat, but Kathy has already um, started helping me level up. If you've seen Cyberstars, you watched episode one and two, you may have noticed some improvements. Those are directly uh, the benefit. Uh, we've benefited from Kathy Chambers' expertise. So it takes a village. Guys, every one of you, there's 265 of you in chat. Guys, I ask questions like, should I do this or should I do that? Should we create an XM Cyber Discord channel chat, right? Like all of you have played a part in shaping what Simply Cyber has become. So um, truly, I'm grateful. Thank you. Jazzy Jazz asks, are there any new technical books Um, I don't have a technical book. I've been really like focused on marketing, honestly, like the, the cyber 101 course is so close to dropping. Uh, and I want, like I did the GRC course and I just kind of like dumped it out there and I didn't know what I was doing. So I I've learned some more things, some more best practices and stuff. So with, uh, the cyber 101, I've been like reading more marketing type, uh, courses. I mean, books. I read hundred million dollar leads. I read 22 immutable laws of marketing. Um, if you're interested in marketing stuff, I'm, I'm basically getting like a, um, a, a poor man's version of a degree in it. Kathy Chambers, awesome community, such a, yep. Happy to be, oh, Kathy, you're amazing. All right, Becky Gaylord's in the house. They can make a drop as required, okay. Here, I'm looking at chat now. Uh, How long do you retain a secret clearance for after leaving the military? Edwin Blanco asks. So Edwin Blanco, the way that clearances work, you basically say, all right, let's just say you go get a clearance, you get investigated. They say that you're aces and they give you a clearance. You have an active clearance. If you are not on a project or have a role that requires the clearance, they deactivate the clearance. You still have it and it can be turned on like a light in a closet. But as long as you're not in the closet, the lights shut off. So as long as you're not on a project, the clearance is deactivated. Now, for uh, a regular clearance, right? There's two clearances, secret and top secret. There's compartmentalizations at the top secret level, but there's only two clearances, secret and top secret. I believe secret is good. It's either seven or 10 years. And someone in chat who knows better, let me know. I think it's seven years and a top secret is good for five years. So Edwin, if you got a clearance in 2022 and you are, uh, and, and it's a secret clearance and you're moving out of the military, so you no longer have need for that clearance to be active, it will be deactivated. And then you have until 2029 to 
reactivated. So you could basically get a job for a government contractor, clearance required, and you say, no problem, I have a deactivated secret clearance that is valid until 2029. By the way, when you got your clearance, the uh, Federal Investigation Bureau, like that, there's a group, it's not the FBI, but there's a group who's responsible for doing the investigations and issuing the adjudications on the clearance. They will send you communication that officially outlines you've been approved for clearance and it's valid for these dates. Here's what you got to do. So definitely look for that um, official communication, Edwin Blanco. Uh, Kathy Chambers, you did your part for a one-time transaction. If they want to track it, they can. Okay, yeah, I'll let them know that. Uh, Jesse Johnson, woohoo, I thought you... Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. I, I was there, Jesse lurking. I'm a lurker. Cause I don't want to, I don't want, sometimes I don't want, I, it's not that I don't want people to know I'm there. I just don't want to distract from the work that people are doing. Adam V, can you give me pointers on this training manual that I have to turn in for my IT position at my job? I need to turn it in today. Adam, we can definitely help you with that. Um, explain to me, give me more detail, like a training manual on what? How many pages? Like, what 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 are we training somebody on? Are they new employees? Is it like if you hire someone, you give them this training manual? Um, like, I, I need more context, but we can totally get it done. Uh, a public trust clearance. I'm not 100% sure upgrading Jeff, but I think a public trust clearance is like lower than a secret. And it's basically, it's basically like validating that like you're an upstanding US citizen, right? Like basically you could get a job working, you know, in a government facility and you're not like you've been vetted to the degree where you're not sus, right? That's what I think it is. Think of it as like secret light. Tony Jack says, you might want to look into this. It's only valid for 24 months from the date of separation. Definitely look into that. I got my clearance as a, a private contractor at Booz Allen. I did not have one or actually Honeywell. I had a clearance for a while. Personally, I don't like having a clearance for what it's worth. Um, let's see. So Juggy Fresh confirms here. Secret is 10 years. Top secret is six years. Thank you, Juggy Fresh. Appreciate it. Uh, did we talk? All right. So Curiosity for Life says, did we talk about 23andMe blaming users for their breach? Well, I don't know. We didn't talk about a curiosity for life and it's not a good look to blame your users. It's like, not my problem. She, it's sucky users, but I mean, it, it is true. It is what happened. I don't, I just don't know if it benefits the business by throwing the user, the, the people who pay you money under the bus. Um, Tim McDonald, do you know where I can get a voucher for CISA or CISP? Um, I mean, Tim, I don't know if you mean for free. I mean, if you mean just get a voucher, I think you have to go to like Pearson View or one of those and purchase it. I, I don't know how you get a free one. I've never heard of a free CISA or CISP exam. All right. Uh, Lego Pie Guy. It's either Lego Pie Guy or Lego Piggy has the community baton. So Lego Pig, Lego Pie Guy. Let's go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thanks for doing the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, we got comments in here about public trust is uh, credit and criminal check. That sounds right. Um, 
M flow says, good morning, Jerry. Good morning. M flow. I wanted to let you know, I've consistently been on LinkedIn for the past week doing the community challenge. It's given me a fantastic opportunity to connect with people. Thank you. M flow. Thank you for the testimonial. I'm telling you, I'm not like the simply cyber community challenge is not a made up. Like here's something I'm just saying to do. Like it really, I, I won't tell you guys to do something. I less, I think there's value in it. Um, upgrading Jeff, can you get an interview with Mr. Beast? Highly unlikely. Plus, honestly, I mean, obviously that would like make the channel go viral, but it totally doesn't align with, um, what we're doing here. I'm fine having a smaller channel and having only cybersecurity people here. That's what we're, uh, that's what we're all about. Uh, let's see. James McQuiggan saying IAC Squared is offering one for their CC cert. Uh, so if you're looking for that, again, I, I don't know about CISSP discounts or CISA discounts. Guys, I'm, I'm pretty much locked in um, mentally for uh, Black Hat DEF CON in Vegas this year and Wild West Hackenfest uh, next year. Um, hey, let me show you guys this. If you haven't seen this, um, a lot of people got massive value from this. And I would like to share it with you in case you didn't see it, because I do think it has value. Let me see. I posted this a couple days ago. 91 people have reposted it. And um, how many people have looked at it? Hold on. I want to let me see this. I just want I think this is crazy good um 17,000 like 17,000 people it's in their feed 40 comments 91 reposts this one this one did pretty well I think you guys might like it basically it's six youtubers whose work I think is awesome okay obviously everybody knows John John's been cranking out material John's amazing John John is I love John okay Josh Matacor I don't know him personally but He's, he's a cool dude and his content's great. Nicole is awesome. She just released a video on like, you know, recalibrating how she wants to do work on her channel. And uh, it's real talk. I love Gary Ruddle. He's in the UK. Smart guy. Does a lot of fun OSINT stuff. Sandra, I had a conversation with her last week. We had like a one hour call. We had a 30 minute scheduled call. We talked for like an hour and a half. She is delightful and smart and she's got great content. So check her out. And then textual chatter. If you guys know this guy, Henry Davis, he is so cool in his podcast. He's got like such a sick looking podcast interview studio, wicked professional, really good conversations, uh, real, real conversations. So uh, definitely check out the post, but check out these uh, people. And you can see in the post, I put links to all of them. So you don't have to go looking for them. All right. Like I, I put the links to their channels. And if you got a thought about any of these uh, content creators, let me know in chat. All right, we got some talks coming in. Do I know anyone that offers a resume review service, Netta J? Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but Netta J, what I will offer you is that I have a video for that, okay? Um, let's do this. You're gonna love this, Netta, because it costs zero dollars. Check this out, Netta. 
right here, this video, and I'll drop a link in chat. If you go on Simply Cyber and look for Resume Hacks Chat GPT, this video, I literally show you how you can take your resume, put it in Chat GPT, obviously obfuscate any uh, personal information that you don't want there, right? Like your address or your phone number or whatever. Um, put your resume in and then drop in whatever job you want, like the actual copy and paste job posting and say, chat GPT, help me write a better resume based on the reality of my resume. And chat GPT is like, hold my digital beer done. You'll love it. Check out this video. I'm, I swear to God, it's a 19 minute video and it is worth its weight in gold. I promise. I promise you, this is definitely a wicked valuable video. How do we, uh, let me tag Netta. There you go, Netta. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Vishnu Minon, thanks for the squad. Uh, Vishnu says, love your content. Love your content, especially the morning briefing. What would you say are a must have for a beginner looking to blue team? You gotta understand. Well, actually, you know what Vishnu? People are gonna think that I asked you to ask me that question. You should absolutely understand how to use a SIM. A SIM is a required tool of anyone working in a SOC. And if you don't know, now you know. So check it out. I have a video dropping in eight minutes, eight minutes from right now on how you can build a SIM, wicked easy and get all the skills that, you know, get introduced and, and build upon in a home lab on using a SIM, Vishnu. So start there. Obviously, you want to understand... Um, what logs are and how an EDR works. And there's a million like kind of uh, sock things, but every sock is going to have a SIM. Every sock is going to have a SIM. So it's pretty valuable to know how to do it. And if you tell somebody, oh, I already got experience in a SIM, it doesn't matter if you had a job before or not working in a sock. This is a cheat code. Get it. And, and by the way, I'm super pumped that in uh, seven minutes, we're all going to go over there and raid. Do a Simply Cyber raid on Simply Cyber. It's very meta. All right, let's keep going here. Where can I drop the Google Drive link? No, 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 no. I mean, Adam, I, Adam, just tell me, like, give me, like, give me, like, just a couple high-level things. Like, help me understand what it is you're trying to do, and I'll tell you um, what to do. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't go look in Google Drive right now. Uh, Jazzy Jazz. It's been around for, okay, I don't know what that is. What, when did you make the GRC class? Um, you'll have to check me on that. I think 2022, I think the summer of 22, like March is when I published it. And I've added several lectures since then. Hopefully that's good. Um, did you mention the George Carlin story? No, Zemeth, I didn't. Actually, that's a really good thing. I did see that come through my feeds last night. Uh, AI George Carlin. Again, I don't know what this story is. I just saw it. AI generated George Carlin comedy slammed by his daughter. Okay. Uh, hour long special called George Carlin. I'm glad I'm dead was created by an AI program called Dudzy or Dudzy that learns from data to create new episodes of a weekly podcast and YouTube show called Will and Sasso. Wow. Now, obviously, Kelly Carlin is going to be upset, right? Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be deplorable if, like, your grandfather or your dad or your brother died, and then, like, a, a year later, you see them being, like, basically kind of pimped out? You know what I mean? So, 
I don't know. Did anyone see this special? I, I honestly, honestly, I'm, 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 I'm curious. I do want to watch it. I do like George Carlin. I thought near the end, George Carlin was more like just mailing it in with all due respect. I don't know why he was like grinding so hard. He never really enjoyed um, the end of his career, the end of his life. Um, did you ever decide on a veteran tag for discord? Yes. I think the veteran tag is veteran. I think the role is veteran and we, it hasn't, we need to make it so you can self, um, apply your own role. Also guys, here's another thing in, in the discord server, there's a way to add the label SC notify. So if you want to, instead of me doing at everyone on discord, every time something drops on simply cyber, you can opt in to the note, uh, the SC notify role. I haven't mentioned that in like two years, but, um, anyways, yeah, right now, uh, if, if uh, Joel's been busy, Aaron's been busy. People have been busy. I, I, I don't know how to like configure the role to allow you to do it yourself, but, um, Thanks so much, Haircut Fish. Be good. Um, so yes, it's a veteran role. You have to ask one of the mods to apply it until we get it sorted out. Uh, okay, so Adam V says, I did it already and just wanted constructive criticism. I need to write a training manual for a new worker on writing a new sales order ticket. It's for my IT position that I'm interviewing second part. Okay. So if you've already written it, Adam, what I would say is, I mean, honestly, this sounds like a tailor-made uh, opportunity for ChatGPT. What I would say, honestly, here's my initial thought, Adam. What I would do is remove like any company names or anything like that. Remove anything sensitive, right? Or, or like replace it with something you made up. Then say to ChatGPT, literally, I'm interviewing for a job, an IT job. They've asked me to do this, copy and paste whatever this is. I have written this manual in response to that request. I would like you to review this manual and provide me constructive feedback on potential gaps, on potential opportunities to streamline, and potential ways to improve it in order to impress the hiring manager. Say that, and I, I'll tell you, like, it will, it will help you. It will work. That's exactly what I would do. Especially if it's due today, ChatGPT can whip that up in about 30 seconds. And then you spend like half an hour adding the process improvements. If you want, run it back through ChatGPT again. But I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with what you get, Adam. Dr. Osher just said two years. Did anyone check that he's been grinding and earning Earning his place online for a while. He didn't get it here overnight. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Yeah, no, I've been busting my hump. <laughs> Simply Cyber came out in 2019, and I didn't go full-time until 2000, like late 2023. So if you look at my um, my LinkedIn, I have like five jobs. Um, okay. Um, Jerry, did you see the new Cisco Vaughn? Cisco categorized it? Yep. Um. Let's see. Adbu, no, Casually Joseph. Yeah, so if something has a 7.3, I would, here's the thing. I wouldn't really pay much attention to CVSS scores. Like they are an indicator, but you always have to account for your own environment, right? Your own environmental variables are so much more pertinent to um, 
how bad something is, right? So, uh, let's see. Oh, guys, by the way, something something that I've been thinking about and forgetting about. Okay, um, and I like I'm 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 almost telling you guys more so I don't forget. I was supposed to mention this in the um, all hands meeting, and I totally forgot. Listen, when we did Simply CyberCon. You could have bought a ticket. It was a free conference, but lots of people bought tickets. I think we raised, uh, let's say, $4,000. It's, it's around there. It's like 4000 and some change. I can't remember exactly. But the thing is, I'm not going to just take that money. That's not like what the point was. It wasn't to like pretend to be nonprofit and then grease myself. We had some expenses for the website and some other things. Um, and I was going to... Uh, pay for that, but you know, like make, make me whole for paying for that money. And I didn't, cause I don't, it's fine. So we have to figure out what to do with the four grand. Okay. But there's a lot of different options. I don't want to solve for it right now. We could create a, um, a scholarship. We could do something like I told like Slay security plus simply cyber is going to sponsor. But if, if the community would rather sponsor, we could take that and like beef up Jesse um, that that's just an idea. I'm totally fine doing a sponsorship through Simply Cyber, the the for profit business. We could do we could get people um, vouchers, like we could buy vouchers for CISA or CISP or whatever with that money and, and uh, give them raffle them off or scholarship. I don't know, I don't know, but the money is just sitting there. It's just sitting there waiting to be done. And I don't know all the rules with money for nonprofits and stuff, but. Um, just so everybody knows, um, that's a thing. All right, guys, check it out. Hey, the simply cyber, uh, home sim easy lab is about to launch. Do me a favor. Let's go over there. Let's raid ourselves. Easy sim lab. Listen, I'm Jerry from simply cyber, your chat. Have a great day. I hope I can see you guys over on the stream. I'm super proud of this premiere. Um, I, I thought this video was awesome. This is not a sponsored video. This is just me on Sunday morning last week in my pajamas. I mean, you won't be able to see me in my pajamas, but you'll see the top of me. And uh, just just hitting it hard, man. So let's get over there. All right, the premiere started. Be well, have a great day. And until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts and we produce videos that we